what's happening y'all hope you guys are living and loving life we are back at it with another episode of untapped acquaintance i'm your boy b i'm your boy sam and uh tonight we have a special guest a real special guest he is part of um like our like we said our previous episode our circle our circle I met this man about three going on four years ago and ever since then we've gotten closer and closer and i'm i'm glad that we've we've um shared life together it is our boy edward garza yes sir what's going on my man doing good man doing good very yeah. excited yeah very excited <laughs> you almost forgot about us tonight <laughs> almost almost <laughs> but um i do want to ask you guys tonight is a hot dog considered a sandwich why or why not mm. sandwich sandwich meat meat between two buns that's a sandwich that's- so then what would you consider a hamburger? Meat between two buns. <laughs> hot meat. It's a hot meat. Seb? Yeah, I would say it's a sandwich. I mean... Why not a taco? Why not a taco, right? Mm-hmm. Bread between meat? I mean, it's that's, just like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. So, so does, it, does a sandwich have to be like open all the way where you can split it, you know? All the way. There's a gordita. Mm. A salchicha gordita. <laughs> <laughs> a gordita. So that is a big question, though, because I mean, you have a half split bun mm-hmm. that has a hot dog in it or a sausage, which also goes back into like a taco. Yeah. It's basically, I don't want to say bread. It is bread. Is it? Yeah. Or tortilla is bread. Tortilla is mm-hmm. bread. And the corn tortilla would be like cornbread. <laughs> 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 I mean, why not? I don't know, man. I can't. I can't. I cannot. Con- well, you guys are too. The <laughs> Hispanics, or what is it? Hispanic or Mexican? I'm Hispanic. So whatever you want to call me. It's Latino, Hispanic, Latino, Chicano. Hispano, Latinos. I'd rather call you guys Latinos I, because, like, I have this thing where people say African-American, which I... F- you hate. I don't like. I don't like. Just saying black. Just like Chamorro or Latino. Just say I'm right? brown with a little spice. I'm brown with a little spice. <laughs> Cajeta. <laughs> <laughs> So like tortillas is it's it's bread. How is it bread, Sam? Because think about it when people say I'm cutting out bread, what do they cut out? Tortillas. When you take bread at church, it's a tortilla. That's been left out for <laughs> a week. When, when, when you go eat when you go eat uh when you go eat Mediterranean food like at Pasha and stuff, you get that non bread, what does it look like? A tortilla. Huh. Huh. Same texture and everything's just a little bit more fluffier. Yeah. Middle Easterns and Mexicans. Me- yeah. Mexicans and Middle East. Actually, they're black. But it's rice. No, they're Asian. Rice, tortillas, meat. Mm-hmm. Just a different flavor. Yep. Different spice. Facts. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting my mind blown right now. Like, it's... Okay. We're dark. We're hairy. Dark featured. Yep. Okay. 
It's bread. It's bread. So we would consider a hot dog a sandwich. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys are listening to this, once we put this out on Spotify, there's usually we put in um, either a poll or questionnaire. Go and take a look at it because who knows? Sometime soon we might have some merch, mm. some things. So don't miss, the, miss out on those because your answers might be the prize winning um, answer. Yeah. For merch. Possibly. We'll see. You never know. Yeah. But tonight, like we said, it's a special night. We also have a special beer that we're going to go ahead and let Edward introduce to us because it is his. It is his episode. Yeah. It is my pick of the night. It's Yanga Ling. It's a traditional lager from New Jersey. So my brother-in-law, Frank, call him FF. That's FF or Fat Frank or Fertilizing Frank. <laughs> fertilizing Frank. <laughs> yes, Fertilizing Frank, you know. Anyways, it's a uh, delight beer. Um, I don't really like dark beer, so it hits just right. When you drink it, it tastes kind of like a mix of a Corona and a Dos Equis, maybe. I could taste that. Yeah, a little bit of like a Shiner Blonde. It has that color. A little wheaty. Mm-hmm. It has that color. Yeah, so at the end of the episode, we'll go ahead and um, share our thoughts, yeah? Yeah, so it just came to the to the southern. It's been in the northeast. Yeah, I, I remember that, that everybody down here made... Made a big deal when it came out. My neighbor actually gave me a bottle of the, um, on Maverick's birthday. It's a little, it's a, it's, it's a white label. I haven't drank it yet. Yang a Lang. It sounds like it should be from the South. Right. Yeah, hey, pass me one of those good old Yang Lang over there. <laughs> it's actually from PA, but it's known in New Jersey. But yeah, from Pennsylvania, Amish country. Hmm. Hmm. America's oldest brewery. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. We can drink thousands of these. America's <laughs> oldest brewery, but I've never heard of it. Facts. We're in the south, northeast. Just like Paps is the north's... Um, uh, what's that? What's that Paps here? Blue Ribbon. Yeah, Paps is the north's... Um, what's the south's beer? Like cheap beer. Bud? Old English. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, uh, what is Bud it? Light. Bud Light. It's Bush Light. Bush Light. Oh. <laughs> Natural Light. Natty Lights. <laughs> Man. Those, those, you know you were struggling when you drank mm-hmm. some Natty Lights. You had oh, some Natty okay. Light issues right there, man. That was gross. Yeah. But, first sip, we'll mm. share it because... Save it, save it for the end. Yeah, I'll save it for the end. Um, tonight we want to have this night for Edward. Um, you know, just like we had our previous guest, Eman, it's going to be Edward's night. We're going to ask him a few questions. Also, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship because all three of us have different businesses that we're running, um, uh, the type of life that we want to run or or go forth. So, Edward. Who is Edward Garza, brother? Tell us. Who is Edward Garza? Well, I feel like this is an interview. (laughs) Born and raised in a small beach town of Corpus Christi. You know, a small, shy child growing up. Yeah. Uh, Grew up pretty, you know, we didn't know we were poor, but we were pretty poor at the time. Uh, Didn't really have money to go places. 
gas. Money was always the issue, but uh, fell in love with the sport of football, art, fishing, hunting, outdoorsman. Uh, I kind of grew. I was shy as a child, but I think as I got older, you know, just kind of got introduced to the world and just like living life. So when you say, <clears throat> so I know we've all struggled, right? And what would you have considered poor? Poor. Poor where? Let's see. Uh, my mom had take out loans to buy us clothes every year. Uh, we got shoes uh, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Um, Payless was one of my stores that I hated. <laughs> <laughs> it was wieners for us. Did you? We used to go to uh, Fayas Paredes. <laughs> Fayas. <laughs> Wait. If you want a Fayas, you a real one. Bro, I used to call it fellas. Fallas? Fallas. Everybody says fallas. Fallas, we, fallas. We used to call it Fayas. I waited outside because I'm the youngest of two sisters, so That's I fine. never like going in there. <laughs> I've never been in there. I always saw it, but I've never been in there. It was just like we used to run with wieners. But what's wild is we lived on this side of town. No. Medical center. And we'll drive to the west side for wieners. Which I is like heard of I don't even Dude, know what that is. It was a, du- you know where you know where Marbox at, right? Yeah. It's that, it's across the highway from Marbox. It's like this old. It's no longer there, mm. but it was like a de- like a department store, mm. but for like, I get. I mean, I mean, it's still there. The yeah. culture, the income, it's still there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for sure. Like, do we? Th- we all know where the west side is at, right? Like I grew up on the west side. You grew up on the west side. Mm-hmm. Will it will it ever yeah. will it ever stay true? It'll stay true. Yeah. It won't true. it won't because yeah. you know one fifty one is right there and right before one fifty one is the west side. Yeah. But it's it's moving right around that. But it seems like once you pass one fifty one, it's locked. It's not gonna be moving anywhere as far as like as growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's true. People are true, and I, I I grew up on the west side of Corpus, so it was kind of the it's kind of a mix of South Side and West Side San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same people, same style, just more people here. But it's cool, make me feel at home. Yeah. What do you when when do you think you actually like broke out of your shell? Growing up, I was a little bit out of time. You know? Yeah. Like I mentioned, we grew up poor, and you were saying uh, one thing came to mind is like. I don't think I had my own room till I was probably 14 or 15. My room was a living room. People come in and walk into my bed. <laughs> we had a small house, but year by year we remodel it. And yeah. Yeah. So, but that's just a little visual for you guys listening. Um, you know, it's just a sport. Sports helped me. Sports helped me talk. And I was real quiet. Didn't say much. Well, I grew up on the West side real. People call it ghetto, but you know, just people are trapped in a, tradition and it's it's a cycle i can see it you know going back to this day but working retail you're forced to talk to people in sports mentally build you physically build you what do you say sports was like your way out yeah that was my escape uh school was easy to me i was always you know it was easy but sports was sports was hard i wasn't the best athlete but i at the end of my career, or yeah, I say career, I became one of you know one of the best. Mm-hmm. So, sports is great. You know, thought about it all the time. Still think about it till today. So. Yeah, 
Football in general. So we need, we've always talked like when we're talking, we're always talking about creating and and where we want to be in in our career. And I know you're always talking about sports photography, right? And like, is that where you like see yourself really excelling, or is it just? Yeah, I think uh, even now, uh, I always tell you know my wife and I tell my friends like you know the NFL is where I'm going to end up. Yeah. I don't know how old I'll be 60 years old, but I'm going to put on a hat and be like, look, I told everyone I was going to be here. Here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, the NFL is probably where I'll end up. Even right now, I have a great opportunity, but I know it's not the end for me. I know it's not the stopping yeah, stopping point for me, but it, it didn't have to be photo, video. It's anything. I say anything that I can make cool. That's what I tell clients. Let me make something cool. Let me make you look cool. Yeah. But be authentic at the same time. That's good, man. Like, I know in, in our careers, we try our best to um, like you said, create something cool, something unique, and try to, sh- but at the same time, share who that person is. If we, if you guys, if this is your first time listening, I'm a photographer. Um, Edward is primarily video and I'm Hence. a little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything. <laughs> Jack of all trades. I, I fell in love with photography <laughs> and then fell in love with video. Carpentry. I can do, you can it. do it all. Yeah. Cook. You, yeah, cook. Everything. I can sew. I can color, draw, paint. That's what I'm saying. Whatever you want me to. I, can, I, I say I'm a maker and a builder. Mm. You know, what is that? Um, the master of none quote? <laughs> I was the jack of, jack of all trades. Uh Master of none. What is that quote? Because it's it's only a little bit of what the quote is. Yeah, because you gotta finish it, and it's like yeah, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, no, it's a good one. I, I finally heard that whole that whole yeah, that whole thing. I was I was really um blown away by it, and wondering why it's never really fully quoted. Jack of all trades, master none, is a figure of speech used to reference to a person who has just dabbled in many skills. Wait. I, I didn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. I don't know. Jack of all trades, master none, but often, oftentimes better than a master of one. There it is. Yeah. yeah. There it is. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Yeah, because if you break it down, like if you're just a master of one thing, like you only know that one thing. The only, but <laughs> if you know like a little bit of everything, then you kind of beat that one person because you know more than that. Yeah, and I think nowadays people are—I want to say—I don't want to say shunned or they're talked about like, oh, they're they're never really putting their full full time in one thing. Mm. You know, I think that's part of being like an entrepreneur too. You're always like in different things. Like you don't just stick in one area or like in just one, yeah, one thing. You know, that's good. Yeah, your mind never stops. My ne- my mind never stops. Yeah, I'm always thinking of what Something. I can do here, what I can do there. Yeah. What what got you into um like video and photography? I think I was always into photo. But as a young age, you know, growing up poor, it's just, or I wouldn't say poor, middle class, lower middle class, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, 
of course, when you hear photographer, artist, you never make any money. You're never <laughs> going to do anything yeah. with it. Yeah. And so when you come from nothing, you need to do something. So yeah. I actually went to school for engineering. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't, I didn't finish because I was so bored in the first year. I told you. It was so boring. But yeah, I, I went to for, it was a mechanical engineering. That's me. So wait, hold on, because I've never known, I, even when you said it, Sam, I, I was shocked that it, that's like, I don't want to say shocked, but <laughs> you would have never thought, would have never thought that even with you, Edward, like I'm, I didn't, I didn't know that about Edward. Yeah, I was, uh, I actually competed as a senior and I think I won like, or I went to state for like uh, architecture or something like that. Mm. I mean, there's, there's actually competitions, there's competitions for sports. There's competition. I actually went to state for art too. I yeah. drew uh, Angelina Jolie's self, not a self portrait. It was a graphite. Dang. It's a huge. I still have it. And I went to uh, the semifinals of state, and I didn't go because my my uh, I drew her uh, fingers too long. Uh, <laughs> it was unproportional, like in, like you know ink masters. <laughs> but yeah, man, I went to. The, when you think of like. Competitions for art and engineering and stuff like that. There's there's a lot of talented kids out there. They oh, just yeah. need to be aware, and I think that's one thing that holds a lot of us back. A lot of people trapped in the. We just we just don't know. So when would you say like if you, you figured out like all right like, I, w- I want to go like pursue videography full time. Uh, I still haven't figured it out. Really, and I think no. Well. No one ever will, and I think that was a lot of like uh, self discovery that everyone mm-hmm. tries to, and I tried to for a long time. Like, who am I? What am I doing? What? Yeah. And you know, it's a lot getting into the Bible and and pushing into God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And leaving <laughs> your past behind, and and honestly, just following what you want to follow. Ooh, my but, blunder. <laughs> but. Yeah, for all the creatives, if I can say one thing, it doesn't matter what people tell you, what you do, as long as you're doing it. I think mm-hmm. what I'm doing now, I know friends that went to school and got, you know, video production and got degrees in art and got degrees in photography, but they're not doing it. The difference between me and them, I got a degree in marketing, I ended up getting a degree in marketing. The difference between someone that got a degree in the stuff that I'm doing and, and then I'm doing is that I'm doing it and I'm getting paid for it. Yeah, mm. they're still trying to get their foot in the door. Well, they probably I th- most of them are not even in the industry anymore. Dang. See, okay. <laughs> see, I'm glad that you mentioned that, right? Because there's many times that I wanted to go to school for photography, and in my mind, if I got this degree in photography and arts, right, I'm gonna be making them be successful. I'm be in the industry. But I've come to find out that what really pushed me away from it is why am I going to go to school for something that I probably know more than than the person teaching it? Yeah, or you can find out on YouTube in or five you, minutes. Yeah, yeah, I, I that's, that's the truth. Like I learned, <laughs> yeah, I learned, I learned the fundamentals through trial and error, just, going through the studio, just doing, just doing. But then if you go into an actual classroom, I guarantee you it's just going to, like, blow your mind as far as this is not what I know. Yeah. You know, they're going to go deeper in, into what photography is. 
they're going to show you what the craft is. They're going to show you who the masterminds or the big names are in photography. Mm-hmm. I took one class in digital photography, and that's how I really got into it in college. Mm-hmm. And it's just teaching you basics. But I know it gets deeper, but it's just assignments. Yeah. So they, hey, I need you to shoot this this week, this week, this week. But I mean, you could, you can, as much as you do in a class, you can do in a in a one night if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. One of course. Whole night. I mean, your style, your creativity comes with with practice and 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 doing it because you're gonna. What I like to say is just fuck up. Yeah. Go out there and fuck something up. For real. Where you're so embarrassed that you'd never <laughs> want to do that again. Yeah. And that goes for anything creative. Even with, yeah, I'm pretty sure Sam cutting hair. I'm, he uh, fucked up bro, plenty of people. I remember one time. <laughs> I remember one time I was working at, a, at, like, my very first shop, the salon. And, like, this dude wanted a haircut. And I knew I couldn't do it, but I still did it. And the shop was, like, full. And he was like, all right, cool, that's good. But I threw some gel in his hair to, like, finesse it. So, like, it looks good, but it's not good when he, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Once he washes out. Exactly. <laughs> so he comes back in. He's like, hey, man. I would be in front of everybody. Hey, man, like, I don't like my hair and this and that. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, I just had to take it, you know, and be like, oh, well, I screwed up. Somebody else had to fix their hair. Yeah. So, I mean. Did they yeah. do it in front of you? Yeah, dude, they did it in front of the whole shop. It was like a Friday. It was all packed, like. You know, so how did so, that, that feel? Um, <laughs> I felt like crap, but it's one of those like you, could, you either learn from it or you, you just, run you just yeah. Because I've I've actually known of people that like get fresh in like the industry, one bad comment and they literally quit. What? Yeah. Yeah, like spend all the time in school just to. Get one bad comment and you quit. A bad comment from a client or from like a just client. <sighs> See, I have such a a thing for that because you're in an industry that no matter what the client is, yeah, they're gonna be happy. Mm-hmm. Or they're just gonna hate it. But at the same time, right? Like I've gotten my haircut from numerous people and I've told them what I've wanted. And I just jacked it up. Like, that's not what I asked for. Yeah. You know? So you're actually, it's it's a 50-50 kind of thing on on the barber and also on the client. Mm-hmm. You have to go, you have to know that you're going to an industry that's going to be very hard. Yeah, it's pretty cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. You know? I remember when I first did my, I was, I was telling Ash too, I said, man, I looked at my hard drive, my first wedding mm-hmm. that I shot. And I feel super bad that I even charged for that wedding. <laughs> I edited on some dummy. I think. Do you remember GIMP? Mm-mm. No. No. Man, it was. This, I think right before like Lightroom became this big thing, it was a editing software called GIMP, and I edited all their photos on GIMP. And I swear, I remember the, the client saying, "I look red." That's what they said? Yeah. I blew up the picture in like a 24 by 36 for mm. portrait and framed and everything. And they they picked it up and they looked at it and said, why do I look around? I said, no, you don't. You look. That's just the <laughs> preset or the editing. And they're like, oh, okay. 
but I can look at him just like, yeah, this is trash, dude. Dang. You know, and even even to this day, with even with you, Edward, I'm pretty sure like you probably look at some of your work and like mm, it's not my best. No, yeah, I look at all my stuff. I don't really go back. I just, I just, I tell everyone like, hey, my next project is my next project. Yeah, because I always trying to. I never want to stay stagnant, and that's just learning, you know, from just messing up and doing half. Half-ass stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Until you get serious, you know. You can tell when someone's a true professional, and that's one thing, you know. You can use it as a hobby. I see it all. We see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now, social media is so hot. Everybody wants to be a photographer, shoot good stuff. But, hey, give it three months. We're going to find those nice cameras on OfferUp, and I'm trying to buy them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So being in, like, the career, like, the careers like that we're in, have y'all, have y'all had like people doubt y'all, and how did y'all deal with it? If y'all did, you know, people being like, "Oh, y'all, y'all you're not gonna make it," or you know, do something else. Like, yeah. you know, how I've had, how I've did had y'all it, deal with it? I've had it from the closest people that I know. Like close, bro. Yeah. You, you. This is just a hobby. It's just a hobby. You're not gonna make money off of it. So that's what like pushed me away from photography for a while. That's or that's what um I was really like I I critique myself heavy mm-hmm. because of that. You know? But it only um I guess it only pushed me like to like Edward was saying, to learn more, yeah. to to be better than what I was yesterday or be better than what my, my last project was. You know? Because the people that are saying that you're not going to make money out of it are the ones that are used to. They don't know. The people that are saying that they're not going to make money out of it are the people that aren't making money at all. Facts. Yeah. Or even, for instance, if they, they're they not used to the, it, it's, it's like, um, say you're publishing a magazine, right? They don't look at that as an achievement. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, did you get money out of it? You know? But in our mindset, it's just another way for our name to get out there. Mm-hmm. It's just another way that we can promote our business. You know? Yeah. So in actuality, yeah, I'm getting money out of it. In the long run. It's yeah. the long game. You know? So that's... I, I mean, just never quit, man. Never quit. Especially in an in industry that's just creative. You know, what was that question one more time? And I the question was, have you ever had like anybody like say like you're not going to like achieve in like what you're going like what you're going in and has it has a. Yeah, like has anybody been like, oh, you're not going to make it like why are you doing this? Has it yeah. have they ever I like think that's kind of been you? like my story my whole life. Yeah. Just like when I played sports, I was in middle school. I was a slow kid skinny slow kid bones literally like a skeleton i was told that i wanted to play wide receiver they put me at tight end because i was slow well they put me at quarterback but then i was too slow so they moved me but they told me i'll never play wide receiver because i wasn't fast enough and then that stuck with me for i don't know six years ended up playing college football as a wide receiver mm. so it's the kind of things that you know they, they dig deep inside you 
And then when it comes to like, uh, you know, your job, when I, when I created my own business, I literally quit a job that I was making more money than my family's ever made. Mm-hmm. Anyone in my family's ever made. Mm-hmm. I quit a job to start a business that was in photo and video. And it was tough, mentally draining. I think I battled more with like mental health starting a business because business is easy to me it comes easy invoices accounting getting clients that was the easy part i think it was the part of me just finding happiness in what i was doing because mm. because when you're in a business it's well when you're a solo man or yeah. in business, it's just you by yourself it's no one else you know everyone's always asking how's it going it's like hey, it's, not, it's not going too well but it's a roller coaster but i think you know i did someone did and it was someone real close, you know, I, close at least here. Uh, fa- my family lives in Corpus, so, you know, my family is my church family. And so yeah. when you get people from, you know, your church family saying, and I'll quote, I won't say the name, but you can't be a starving artist for so long. And it's like, mm. I understand, I got to pay bills, got to do this. And I was struggling. There's one point where I literally, and, and this is and this is my next show, because I had my business for about two and a half years, and it got to a point where I had to borrow money to get groceries for us to eat for the week yeah literally have to borrow money to eat you know i had family pay for a little bit of the house bill a little bit of my car payment but i literally have to borrow money to eat for the week and so the following week i got offered a job that gave me twice as much money than my previous job when i was last employed mm-hmm. so now i'm getting paid more money than i ever expected yeah I think, like, that's part of, like, just being, like, a hustler, you know, because I remember uh, being in barber school, and uh, they said, all right, you got, uh, at a thousand hours, they said you could put as many hours as you want. So as, as soon as they said that, they were like, I went to my job, the restaurant I was working at, and I was like, yeah, I'm just letting you know I'm not coming back after today. Like, you're not going to see me or anything. Like, I'm I'm leaving. I'm done. So then, like, just like in any job, they try to, like, sweet talk you and be like, oh, we're going to promote you and give you, like, this amount of money. Mm-hmm. I said, no, but, I mean, I didn't have no income coming in after that. So it was like I wanted to finish early, so I had to pull 14-hour days for six days a week for a month. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, knocking out possibly like 20 something haircuts like just all day just to make like 60 bucks in a day you know off of tips because people like they come in and pay five dollars for a haircut they only leave you like two dollars you know so i'm just there just grinding 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 and then at the same time too i'd get out at 10 p.m and then i just have people hey can you cut my hair so like one of the craziest stories i have i haven't really shared it that much this one time somebody said, hey, can you do a, a house call? And I was like, all right, cool. I didn't know the person. So they gave me the address, and I pull up, and it's like I had a trailer park. So I go, and then I start cutting his hair. He's like, hey, my, my, I have like three friends that want a haircut too. I was like, all right, cool. And then he's like, I'll take you to their house. They're literally like two two trailers down. So I was like, all right, cool. So then we go, we head that way. He opens And he opens up the back, like the back of the gate. And it was just, like, filthy, like, trash everywhere, like, just the filthiest thing mm-hmm. ever. 
And I remember I was like, all right, well, wh- where do you want me to cut? And it was like one of those old school, like, like the workout <laughs> little thingies, <laughs> like where you move your arms and stuff. And I just set up right there. And uh, they're just like, it was nasty. But, I mean, it was part of the grind. And as soon as I started cutting, one of them pulls out like like an ice pipe. And they're just, they just start smoking ice in front of me. And I'm just like, man, like, I was like, I'm really in it. Like, if I'm really, if I'm willing to go to this extent and just cut and keep on going, like, even despite what they're doing, they even offered me. I was like, nah, I'm good. Like, that just pushed me even more. That was like the mud, right? That was the mud. So, like, with both Sam and Edward, right? And I, what you're saying, Edward, with business out of struggle, right? To where you had to put aside all your your pride. You had to put aside the masculine, the toxic masculinity of what society has to put down is like the man has to provide for the house. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you got to take that step back. And there was even, you know, three months I was slinging pizzas for Domino's. Yeah. <laughs> just I, to pay bills. I remember those convers I remember those conversations that we've had. Yeah. You know? And it's one p- putting that stuff aside and t- taking that step back. Two putting your trust in God that he's going to provide you mm-hmm. with what everything you ever wanted. Everything you ever wanted. And at not, the same time he's like waiting for you to get out of your way. Yeah. It's not going to look like the way you want it, but Literally, I'm doing every I'm I'm doing everything I wanted my business to do on someone else's dime. All the equipment I ever wanted, the desk I wanted, the freedom. I told him I'll take fifty grand less just for the freedom. But yeah. I have complete freedom as a creative. That's all you ever want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> complete, hundred percent trust. No one else to tell you what to do. That's just how I live my life. Yeah, and it's. Just so right now is a really, really good time. Like I said, it just, and I did humble yourself, put, put your pride aside, deliver pizzas, put on a hat, look like a, <laughs> whatever you want to look like. I met some interesting people actually. Yeah. I brought a couple of people to church, helped out a little girl who didn't have a mother. Um, and you really meet, you know, those, the people that are getting Seven twenty-five dollars an hour, taking Ubers to work, spending sixty-five dollars, and when they don't even make that in a day, mm. just to keep a job. Yeah, jeez, corporate America ruining it, the world. <laughs> you know, that's, that's another podcast. No, <laughs> Talk, like, but even with corporate America, you know, like, um, sorry, um, like I have a shoot coming up on on Monday, right, and. I had to talk to Ashley. I was like, hey, I have the shoot coming up. It's literally going to pay me more than I would make in two days. Yeah. Two, three days. It's gonna, I will make more <laughs> than I would make in two, three days working eight hours, but I'm only shooting for four. And be a hundred times happier. And be a hundred times happier. <laughs> you know? With you, Sam, 
you're doing what you love. Mm-hmm. You're stepping into a new business that you're going to love, right? You, we've all had to go through the mud. But at the same time, we've all had to put our trust in God <laughs> that yeah. he's going to clear that path and provide, you know? And I think that's where a lot, two things, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of men kind of just step aside. Like, just like, I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with it. It's too much. You know, Edward, you could have gave up. You said, I'm, you probably could have said like, I'm not going to do video and photography ever again. And just gave up. I was a construction project manager working, making more money than guys been in the industry for like 50 years. And I looked at myself like, I can probably work here for 50 years. Yeah. And get a raise every year. But were you happy? And I didn't want to see myself as a whole man making whatever I was making, working for construction. I mean, I was set and I was like, eh, I want to do something I love. I enjoy. I have freedom. Yeah. There's more to the world than just, you know, listen to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you listening to it, right? Like, but, you know, I, we, when we had a conversation about bringing you on, and I, I thought about you because, like I said in the, in the beginning, we've known each other for about to be four years. Yeah. 2018? 17. 19. 2019. Tobin. Tobin? 19? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think I came to Easter the previous year or Christmas. He was one of the first people I met at Grace. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're yeah, in the same uh, grow right. class. For real? Yeah. Hmm. So hmm. I'm kind of the same. I think when we started the podcast, I told everyone, I'm, I, was, I grew up shy. Uh-huh. And so it was always hard for me to talk to someone. So whenever I see someone... By themselves, not talking to anyone. I'm the first one to gravitate towards that person. Because you see you? Yeah, I mm-hmm. see me, and I know how hard it is to be in a situation. And I saw Sam at a table by himself, so I was like, nah, I'm going to go talk I to this guy. I was just chilling, man. Scoping out the scene. <laughs> That's how it is being like, like a... like new, coming, like yeah. yeah, I guess new. Like I was just like scoping out the scene. Yeah. You know? It's... um. So I didn't want to look like that person scoping out the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I already been in the situation too many times. People are watching. Let me go talk to someone. Yeah. That's good, man. It's uh, it. Uh, I want to say um. That's what your past brings up. You know, like you saw Sam, you're like, ah, I see me, mm. or, with Sam, it's like. You probably see like a struggling barber, like man, mm. I don't want to be the, I don't want him to be the the Sam in the salon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, now that and that's then yeah, because I'm like that now. Like I've been doing it for six years, going on seven, so it's like I already know what I struggled. So when I see like new employees or fresh barbers that are like freshly in the industry, I try to tell them like. Hey, like, I went through this, but if I were you, I would fix it like this. You yeah. know, I try my best. Like, I try to have everybody eat. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. It, whatever industry I was in, I was always trying to. Man, when you grow up with old Mexicans, they don't teach you anything. They want mm-hmm. you to learn by, I don't Ex- even experiences. know. Experiences. Yeah. And they'll cuss at you, yell at you, run you off. They They hope you quit. That's, like, the old school, like, 
machismo way. Mm-hmm. If, if he if he doesn't quit, then then he'll be all right. Oh man, I hate that so much. They put you through the 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 grinder, right? Yeah, they'll like, put you just like, come on, man, just tell the guy what to do so we can move on. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I've seen that before to where like um, it's kind of like a gatekeep where they're not going to teach you anything because they don't know how you're going to do. Mm. You know? Yeah. And they want you at the end of the day, they want you to fail. But like the machismo way, right? It's like yeah. I want to see if he's gonna if he's gonna give up. Because if he doesn't, we know that he's going to be trustworthy. Yeah. And that sucks. You know? Yeah, and I get it from a man's aspect or a, a military aspect. You yeah. know, they're trying to build you up. But come on, man. We ain't got time for that. Mm-hmm. No. We're not in the 1950s. Nope. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to ask you this question, Edwin, and if you, if you, you can answer if you want to. Or... But in the career of your your current career, photography and videography, because you the job that you're in, you're still doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? But it's just in a, like someone else's dime. Mm-hmm. Highest and lowest moment right now. Yeah, the highest moment is probably just getting the opportunity. Um, I went into the interview wearing casual uh, sneakers. I love, uh, I love this story. Yeah, sneakers, uh, black jeans. I think I was wearing a long sleeve and then a, a pullover like jacket. It wasn't even a jacket; it was like a shirt jacket. Talked to the CEO of a multi-million-dollar auto industry, and he offered me a job. <laughs> he offered me a job, you know. And that my first interview, I told Sam, is I, I went in for part-time. That's when I was really, I was struggling. I was working at Domino's. I was running my clients. And I needed a part-time job. So I got a part-time job at uh, one dealership. And I went in for uh, to speak to the general manager. And I walked in, again, sneakers, jeans, T-shirt. And the first thing he told me is like, oh, you guys don't dress up anymore? And I was about to sit down. And I looked him dead in the eye. Look, man, I'm not here for a bank job. You want to continue this uh, interview or not? Mm. <laughs> mm. It's, it can be like that, man. <laughs> so he gave me a $3 raise and I took the job and I worked there for a month. And the CEO job offered me to take over the rest of the dealerships. Mm. And I interviewed in the same clothes I interviewed with the first GM. <laughs> <laughs> you never told me that one. Yeah. What? Yep. Yeah, it was a part-time job that led to a full-time <laughs> job, benefits, everything. I guess I'm going into the corporate, but not really. I mean, I, I'm my own boss. I run my own department. Yeah. It's cool. I think that was the highest point, just getting that opportunity. Someone that believes in your work. I think the first video I shot, his mouth was dropped. and you know His mouth was wide open. like, man, that's a video. I'm like, cool, man. I really... Anything I make, I always put everything into it. Yeah. Someone else is going to see it. How long did it take you to edit the video? Oh, that video? So I was working on a a stool on a wobbly table with the sun on my uh, laptop, so I couldn't really see the colors. That took me like five minutes. <laughs> I shot the video on my iPhone. <laughs> mm. The video got like 6.7K views in like two hours. It's wild. <laughs> so 
Had their social media ever been? Was it the way it is now? Before? Uh, so they the, right now it's still kind of ran by an agency. Uh, agency that they were paying, or we were paying. I'm now we. I consider us we. We were paying them 1.3 million dollars a year. And I, I want to be known as the agency killer after this year. Mm. So we already removed them about 50% from the dealership, and we're trying to remove them from that, the rest of the 50%. Yeah, wild. There's money out there, and people throw it at dumb things. Mm-hmm. So that's why you said you only want to do corporate. Business. Business. <laughs> <laughs> you do business with business, there's more money. Yep. Because they, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't have a budget, right? And they want it done fast. Yeah. They want it done now. They'll give you this amount of money. And they got a billion other things that's going on in their mind. But, yeah. So the highest moment is just getting the job. The lowest moment, uh, I think that's just me. Because, like I said, I, I, I'm my, I run the strategy. I run everything. I think it's just proven. Uh, in marketing, in general, it's about proving. You're never, it's never going to be... You reached a point, and that's probably like in life. Marketing is always, you're always trying to prove it every single day, every single week. Yeah. You're always trying to prove that whatever you're doing works. That second it doesn't work, well, then now they're looking at you and pulling strings. But uh, that's the lowest point. It's up and down every day. It's, um, I think in the, in the industry that it is now, that's like you said earlier with the, um, the way social media is running. Like everyone's a photographer, everyone's a videographer, mm-hmm. and it can become oversaturated at a, at a time, right? But then you actually think about it, a lot of things are really oversaturated too. It's barbers. So how how do y'all feel about that? Because it's like it's like me, cool. I've been in it for six, seven years, mm-hmm. but I had to start from like the bottom. Yeah, like ten dollar haircuts, fifteen dollar haircuts, like from the scums. Busting my behind just to get the clientele I have now, versus like nowadays, everybody's seeing like, cool, you can make a good chunk of change. Like, let me get into this industry. Right off the rip, they're coming back in. Nowadays, a haircut's thirty dollars. Yeah. So it's like, and then you need to charge fifty. <laughs> give give it about a month. <laughs> Not to us, but you need to charge fifty. <laughs> Not to us, but <laughs> give it a, a couple of weeks. <laughs> a couple of weeks, then the works. Prices weren't aren't the same as yesterday, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know about Edward, but for me, like just like you, right? I started not really knowing anything, mm-hmm. and I had to work my way up, just like that for that that wedding man. I gave him some trash photos for. I, I think I worked six hours. And six hours was $175, $200, right? But, excuse me, um, one of the biggest reasons, Edward, why I didn't want to go mirrorless is because it's super easy. Mm-hmm. Takes away from creativity. Yeah, the it takes art. away the art. So, a mirrorless camera, <laughs> it takes away from the photographer actually thinking about what settings they need to use in their certain moments because it's right there and it's right there in front of you. Like you just move it and you see it and it changes and what you take, what you see is what you take. Mm. 
as for when I was coming up, you had to know everything about the lighting. Everything. So it's more raw. Yeah. And now people are buying the cameras now with the quality that it has. And shooting full auto and getting great stuff on social. <sighs> <laughs> and then sometimes, man, I look at the pricing that they're putting out, and it's like, okay, you're charging seventy-five to a hundred dollars, and you're taking these clients, one hundred seventy-five hour dollars, and it's like, what are you giving them that I may not? Mm. You know? Yeah. So it's it kind of thinks right so. You have the moms that were opening up Christmas presents and they see a, a new camera and all of a sudden they're, they're photographers. Yeah. I'm not knocking them. It's just don't call yourself a photographer to, until you've done the work, until you've put in that time that you've sat in front of a ca- in front of a computer for hours editing. And you can holler at me. Yeah. I don't know if Edward's like... Yeah, and I see it all the time. And I think I finally came to a point where it's like, you know what, I'm cool with it. Because yeah. people want to do what they want. And then you could just, you know, photographers, videographers, people are going to do it. But you just wait and give it three, four months, and then they'll stop. Yeah. And that's fine. And what I consider is just, you know, you can blow up on social. You can become an influencer. You can be, become so popular. And I think that's what takes away from a real creative you know, we all get, you know, ideas and influenced and and we all try to copy things we see on social. But I think a real creative is not even looking on that. Mm-hmm. Being creative within your own, separate from what the world's putting out. And then you can, and then so, and then you can put out, you know, your true creativity. And people will love that. And that's what's, you, you know, unique about it. People are always trying to, you know, you see it on TikTok. You see the trends, you see the trends on Instagram. You copy that, and then it dies down. But who's going to stick out as one who's consistent mm-hmm. and putting out something that's very original and authentic? Mm. They'll make it the long run. If that's your goal, if, if that's not your goal, if you just want to be something cool and fun, that's cool too. I mean, there's there's a lot. Everyone has their own niche. Mm-hmm. Well, their own wants. Deep down in their heart, everybody kind of trying to be famous on social. Yeah. Or it's the true artists that really don't give a give fuck and they can put the artwork in back of a building yeah and not cares who sees it <laughs> <laughs> I've, like, it's you're, you're yeah, right there's, there's all kinds of aspects to it but there's different there's different ways to think about it like you said there's the instant gratification yeah photographers there's the ones that really have the urge to learn and they want to do it for the long run and just like you have the veterans that don't get on social all the time and just have a website just have a website (laughs) the ogs and the ogs you know they don't have a and they say well how do you how do you get um customers or clients word of mouth Mm -hmm. word of mouth yeah yeah the internet man the internet can do a lot good and bad and i think it's one thing i struggled a lot with mental health and i think the internet is can do both. It does what you want. It can do good or it can do bad, but whatever you seek and on social and the internet, you're going to find it. 
men struggle with a lot of stuff they're not supposed to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. Yep. If you stop on it, you zoom in on it, you're going to find it. And it's going <laughs> to pop up in your algorithm. <laughs> There's a lot of things, man, I'm telling you. Facts. Um, but, yeah, that's one thing, man. I, I, I really want to, like, harp on, on mental health. That's one thing. Yeah. And I think I open up. I feel comfortable. I haven't really told any of you guys. And, you know, I was seeing a, you know, a Christian therapist for a while. And, um, you know, I had a lot of issues. I battled with sex addiction as well. I, I battled with, uh, you know, just, you know, anything that any man's probably done. Mm-hmm. But I reached a point where I was, you know, a few months away from getting married. And I had to, you know, confess my sins to my wife and let her know exactly what I've been doing this last couple of years, couple occasions. But that also brought something out on you, and it's like there's good and bad inside of you. It's gonna take a whole different, <laughs> different route. But you know, I just want to be serious and, yeah. and, no. and go into mental health because I was do it. <laughs> and you know, I think back to that time, and I thought my life was over, and I wanted my life to be over. And I was about three feet away from pulling a trigger on nine millimeter that was in my office, locked the door. And I reached that point, and I didn't think anything else. Now I look at my life, and I was like, damn. You know, there's, there's more to it. But the Internet and social media can rot your mind and make you think you're, you're worthless. You're less than it. And that's marketing. I'm in marketing. I got my degree in marketing. I know what consumer behavior does. I know what people, well, I'm a marketer. I know what I'm trying to do to you. I'm trying to make you buy something. Mm-hmm. I want to turn those wants that we all want, I want to turn them into needs. And that's what they do to us. Every time you stop on a photo, every time you like something, it just goes ingrained into into your algorithm. I'm I'm glad that you you brought that up, right? Because just like algorithms and like the phone and how it listens to you and like mental health, it all dials down to mental health. Because sometimes when people wake up, that's the first thing they pick up. Mm-hmm. Your phone and take a look at Instagram and. How many likes you have and yeah, fun who fact, messaged you. Fun fact about all these uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all these social media platforms, the creators, and this is true, the creators of these platforms, they don't let their kids have these Mm-mm. social media mm. at all. They don't let them look at them. They don't even have them. Nope. I mean, we use it. We're, we're probably on the lower tier of, you know, of the world, you know. We're closer to poor than we are to rich. And people making hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year are closer to poor than they are to rich. But yeah, man, it's uh what is it? one of the guys from Apple, right? One of the guys from Apple doesn't even allow their kids to have a phone. Mm. Because cool. he knows what it does. Yeah. It gets away at our self esteem and there's only one I think he said there's only one iPad in the house or something like that. It's because he knows what happened when what happens. I think being like an entrepreneur, just in general, like you got to go through some stuff mentally because there's going to be times where you ain't going to hit what you want to hit, you know, like you're not going to get to where you want to get. So you got to be like, man, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you got to pull yourself out and be like, I'm going to continue and do what I got to do to get where I want to be. 
I think I just as an entrepreneur, we all struggle through that. Yeah, it, it's a battle, man. It, but on the good side of it, the internet, man, it could do a lot of good things as well. It's a double-edged sword, but mm-hmm. you put in what you want, you know, you you can change your life. Yeah. Be consistent. That's anything in life, anything, anyone listening, whatever you want to do, be consistent and be a true professional. You can do whatever you want. And, I mean, you probably hear that all the time. Everyone hears that, but to live that out, to me to live that out, <laughs> you know, I'm living it right now. And, damn, I would never thought I'd be right here at this moment. You know what? I want to continue this conversation with you, Edward. And I want to lead it into mental health. I want to. I want us to dig deep into it, man. Yeah, because it's it's a it's a big thing, you know, especially with men, and that's one of the things that reason why I have craft nights because yeah. of mental health. It's mental health, but I want I want to bring you back in, man, and sometime soon and continue this back up and um, really dive deep into mental health with you, yeah, man. Anything, I if can you do. don't mind, no. I think uh, I've lived it. I, I pushed past it, and anything I can do to help a fellow man, woman, creator—you know—it's life is tough, and sometimes even our family or our friends can't really give us clarity on things. But I think that's one of the one of the backstories on how we started this podcast too, because I, I I think we're talking about it. Like a year, mm-hmm. and then I saw this post, and I have it right here. That's why I went real quick on my phone. But it says eighty-four men a week die by suicide. Seventy-five percent of all suicides are men. Twenty-five percent of men live with mental illness, either diagnosed or otherwise. Men are less likely to get help. So as soon as I sent you that, I was like, "Man, we got to start this." Yep. I think it's 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 gonna help out in the long run. It's just not men. It's just anybody in general, you know. Yeah, anyone in general. It's not just only directed to men. It could yeah. be anybody. And and it's not just the poor or the rich. It's it's everyone. It's equally. Everyone has problems. Yeah. <laughs> Big or small, you know, the small problems can take over someone's life, and you know, people can handle different loads and different problems at different strengths. It's, um, man, I, I know we're going to get deep into this. If I, if I go into this man and <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the first half of our conversation on entrepreneurship. As you heard us going into the topic of mental health, we will be diving into the serious discussion. Stay tuned for the second half of this episode, dropping May 30th. 